Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. That is right. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Brought to you by our good friends at Mountain America Credit Union. Jake Scott hanging out with you at our studios at Vivint. Smart Home Arena, Austin Horton uh, uh, across the glass from me now. And yes, my microphone was like twisted there for a moment. I had to let it unravel. Uh, Social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, the beloved Gordon Monson. Hello, Gordon. How are you doing today, Jake? Uh, I'm doing all right. I, I'm trying to keep my head up. I think like uh, like everybody else, trying to get into a routine. Talk to talk to a really good friend of mine today, just to check in with him and uh that's pretty much what uh what he put it he's like we're trying to get used to the new routine we're trying to get that under control <laughs> under control you know we're only a month into this thing and everybody's still like oh still trying to get uh get used to this new routine because it is it's it's totally different and i doubt we'll ever be used to it honestly so what was it it was like a month ago today the the right. Ru, uh, Rudy in Oklahoma yeah. City uh, uh, night. I think it was one month ago today. I think you're right, Gordon. Yeah, and uh, well, four weeks ago, and it, uh, it it you know that isn't when it started. I mean, it was obviously going on prior to, but that's when it really uh, we all just sort of stopped and said, okay, we got to change something here, and that's what a lot of people did. So. Yeah, I mean, time is edging forward every day. It seems like we still hear tragic, tough news, but we we, we have glimmers of, of bits and pieces of good news, too. And that's good for the soul, for people to digest that as well. I know you feel that way. I do. I think uh, I'm, I'm trying hard, Gordon, to retain my optimism. Certainly, you don't make it e- any easier. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best. That's That's it. Well, I'm I'm not sure that that's exactly characterized the way it should be, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll go how ahead many and take... how, how many times in your life have you been accused of being optimistic? Can I get back to you on that one? <laughs> and that was during normal times. Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding you, of course. Uh, no, you you've been a bright light of sunshine through an otherwise <laughs> dreary moment in life, Gordon. Speaking of the sunshine, it is nice out there today. We give beautiful. you your, your daily uh, weather report. Every uh, day is daffodils and uh, sweet pickles. Can I can I tell you about the highlight of my day, Gordon? Because this this did make me feel uh, feel really good today. 
Um, okay. We had a meeting that we had to be on, all three of us. Uh, I say had to. I got, like, I like, got there. I got there late. Well, I wasn't going to point that out, but I, I don't think you really needed to either. Cause well. you, you, and by late, and by the way, by late, uh, I mean you made it to the last 90 seconds. So no, that's not <laughs> true. So congratulations for that. But I was going to leave that part out. Oh, uh, right. We had a meeting, a Zoom meeting. Uh, with the entire zone staff, I mean, uh, you know, right down to our, our great account reps and, you know, the, the business side of things. And uh, it, it was uh, it was a great meeting. And afterwards, Gordon, I, I had a little bit and I, I needed to get Sadie out of the house because because uh, her mom is working and, and start just started a new job. And I was like, all right, we're getting out. It's a beautiful day. We went over to the junior high school uh, by our house. And nobody was there, which was great. We had the whole, like, campus to ourselves. And you know what What she wanted to do the very most, Gordon? What? Go up and back down every stair on that campus. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she wanted to do. You didn't, you didn't miss down. a single one. Huh? And, and it's a hilly junior high school campus. I think you know which one I'm talking about, Gordon. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's a lot of stairs on that <laughs> campus. But you know what I thought? Here, here's what I thought. You know, she's um, when when she naps in the afternoon, since I'm uh, here uh, mixing it up with you, that's that's mom's time to shine, right? To, to get all of her work done in the hour to hour and a half that, uh, that she naps. So I thought, all right, well, if we go up and down every single one of these stairs... You know who's going to take a pretty good nap this afternoon? <laughs> you? <laughs> yeah, probably me. I'm probably going to go to bed as soon as possible tonight. But, yeah, we, we climb stairs. That's, that's what she wanted to do. We're doing stairs. Goodbye me. Well, you could always pull out the kite. <laughs> there was a little breeze. She actually asked uh, about the kite. And, and she's had such a positive experience after that gordon i i just want you to know that we have retried flying the kite and it has worked and it was successful even on a day was not tremendously windy but i just want you to know because i know you've been very concerned that that she was not scarred by that incident of the the dog and the kite and uh she was singing last night let's go fly a kite <laughs> From Mary Poppins. So I, I just want you to know that she, she had a very positive experience flying a kite after that one not-so-positive experience. So she knows that song, huh? She does know that song, yep. And then, uh, you know, I try to sing along, and you know what she does? Because this is pretty what? funny, because as you know, I am no singer. I, I try to sing along, and she goes, Dad, your phone. Let's play it on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it is funny. So there you go. There's there's my moment. I had a I had a nice morning with my daughter climbing stairs over at the local junior high school. <laughs> well, I good to get some exercise in, get some uh, breathe in, some fresh air out there, and uh, yeah. And by the way, the air is fresher, right? Because fewer people are driving right now, and I don't know. I guess that's one good thing. Uh, I, I've got a kind of side topic for you, Gordon, and I put this I'm doing Sadie's selections, of course, every morning. Uh, you can follow me at Jake Scott Zone. Uh, I let uh, my toddler, my two-and-a-half-year-old uh, Sadie, pick the record we listen to every morning, and I'm yeah. just kind of going on that journey with our listeners on uh, via Twitter. And this morning, she selected, Gordon, Sir Elton John, but <laughs> the particular record was Don't Shoot Me, I'm Just the Piano Player. 
Okay. Is that the best name for an album ever? Like, that's a pretty <laughs> incredible name for an album, right? Don't shoot me. I'm just the piano player. Well, that, that's that, hilarious. That's a, and but that's, that's a playoff of old westerns, right? Right. I mean, the, exactly. the, where, where, where piano players said that exact same thing. Right. Right, right. Which, which makes it brilliant on, on many different levels. And I just wondered, is that the best title for an album ever? Wow. Um, it's pretty good. It's I know you're going to throw Sergeant Peppers or some lame Beatles name at me, <laughs> but best name for an album ever. And you know what? Some of the great albums out there have just like dreadful or plain names. Like actually Elton John's first uh, album in America, uh, Gordon, just named Elton John. That's it. <laughs> well, that's true for a lot of debut albums. Right. You, know? you guys are missing Creed's Human Clay from 1999. Human Clay. Or uh, two years later, Weathered. Creed's Weathered, 2001. That's pretty good. You are uh, partial to that band. With Arms Wide Open, 2015, the the re-release. The re, uh, the, re the re-release, I see. Um, since you're such a no? big fan no, of Creed, go Austin, since you're such a big fan of that, that group, did you ever see them in, in person? Uh, no. Well, did uh, you, Gordon? Uh, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> You saw Creed in person? This I thought that was just a setup for you to tell your story. No, I'm not going to tell a story. Tell, I'll tell a story when when I feel like telling it. And uh, that, oh, that's, sorry, yeah, don't beat me into telling a story I don't want to tell. Actually, it, there is a story, but uh, glad I came to work today. Jeez, <laughs> good to see hear from you too, friend. <laughs> Don't, react don't shoot like me, that. I'm just the producer, huh? <laughs> exactly. That's pretty cool. Speaking of, that those was. piano players, they played through all those gunfights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just kept on tickling the ivories. Now, I'm not seeing anything. Not seeing a thing. Uh, don't know what's no going on behind me. Just tip me on your way out, please. How come nobody did shoot the piano player? Because He's not hurting anybody. He's just trying to make a living. <laughs> Well, the guy standing over at the end of the bar, he had nothing to do with what was going on here, you know? He, he Why'd up, he get it? He was up to something. <laughs> something no good? Something was going uh, on there. You know, those old those old bar fight scenes in those movies, I mean, if you really did that to people, you know, if you really broke a wooden chair over their head, I, I mean, it would, be, it would do more than knock them a little dizzy, you know? Well, yeah, true. But I, I don't Let's know. Let's try it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's give it a go. And not to uh, mention that, that the, the justice system was a little different back then. Mm. You know, that, yeah. that... And it moved a lot quicker. Like that, that's on. a you, felony you, in today's day and age. Back then it was like, well, boys, go on your way. <laughs> go cool off now. <laughs> this is boys being boys? I guess. It, it, you know, do you think the Old West was really as rowdy as they make it seem? I mean, was everybody walking into saloons and belching dust like that? And then looking at somebody across the way, and then they take offense at, hey, stranger, don't look at me like that. Next thing, let's draw. I mean, that, that, that couldn't have been the way it really was, right? No, I, mean, I, I, was, I, born, I was born just after just, the Westward Ho movement, but I, I missed it, so I wasn't sure. Okay, I don't, I don't mean to take this on a, on a Monson negative turn, but I, I've actually thought about this. Now, I don't think that Westerns are an accurate uh, portrayal of what actually happened because there had to be just so much more sadness, right, in all that expansion. I mean, it was people that were, you know, desperately trying to make a living, and there was a lot of, 
you know, a lot of disease. I mean, not to bring up a touchy subject, but there was a lot there was a lot more sadness in the Old West than I think the the movies uh, portray. All right. Did I, I just I did. I just dragged that down. I'm very sorry. Never mind. It was all uh, Butch Cassidy and uh, and good times. I I just uh, I saw one of those reports on one of the uh, uh, channels. It's like the History Channel or whatever. When they go back and take a look at the way things really were, and they said that uh, in a lot of cases, because of cultural weirdness at the time, uh, that in you know when you see these uh, these scenes where women are inside the saloon, you know, doing whatever the women were portrayed to be doing, that in a lot of saloons in the West, women weren't even allowed in saloons. Right. So the the folklore gets twisted a certain way, and next thing, everyone's thinking that's the way it really is. And I remember uh, when I lived in Europe, uh, a lot of people over in Europe really thought America was they it was like gangsters and and old westerns because those were what they saw in movies uh, over a long period of time so uh, had to do some explaining that that's not typically what America is about but anyway I don't know sometimes history does get twisted around speaking of uh, of uh, you know Historical Times, Gordon has written a column that we'll talk about that. Uh, uh, Gordon, how would you best uh, describe it? You're comparing Tom Brady to us on, on what level? Well, uh, Tom, this was this was surprising to me, Jake, and I don't know what you thought when you saw his comments about uh, how he had to alter the way he went about his training and going to or not going to OTAs because Giselle had uh, come to him, his wife, and said, hey, man, I'm unhappy with this marriage because you're always out running around getting ready for football, even when it's not football season, and I'm home with the kids uh, making sure everything is taken care of here. And when you read his comments, they, they sometimes Tom comes across as sort of being some some somewhat what's the word not vacuous but empty because he's not doesn't seem to be telling you the whole truth. Well, these comments really struck me as being filled with candor, and I I, I think it's healthy. Uh, for him to express what his experience has been in marriage and some of the lessons that he had to learn uh, because he was so focused on other things. But because it, I assume, and this is the way I took it, that uh, in his comments to Howard Stern, uh, that it was it's, it is a priority for him. And so he had to change some of his behaviors in order to make the family scene work. And, I, you, know, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of our listeners can relate to that on some level. We all get focused on what we do professionally. We all get very busy. Sometimes uh, some of us are overworked and some of us, you know, want to advance careers. And, and sometimes things back home get, get a little bit ignored or backed up or uh, not completely balanced. And this is what Tom was talking about here, just like just like you and me in Austin and all our listeners out there. I, I think everybody has to figure this out at their own level and uh, and make it work. And his 
honesty in that regard I thought was refreshing. You? So we will uh, talk about Gordon's unstable home life uh, throughout the show here. Uh, we'll we'll delve we'll delve delve deep into that. Uh, no, we'll talk about Gordon's column. In fact, it uh, just got put up sltrib.com. And Gordon, I will give you my opinion on that uh, as we get into it. We'll probably uh, dive into it around uh, two fifty. Coming up next, we're going to get to Brett McMurphy and his uh, athletic director survey. A lot of interesting things on that. We've got Trevor Riley, Gordo, our good friend, coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. David Locke at the top of the 5 o'clock hour as well. So we're very, very busy. Uh, We had a couple of suggestions, by the way, on the best album name, Gordon. Uh, Steve says, who's next as they walk away from the monolift after leaving their mark or Sticky Fingers by the Rolling Stones? Oh, well, that one. (laughs) <laughs> he goes on okay. to describe that but i'm i'm gonna I'll, uh, I'll i'll leave that be you can go check out uh what that album art looks like is that the one with the uh with the picture of mick jagger from the waist down uh gordon i'll let you figure that out man again that google machine is right in front of you <laughs> and if you'd like to to examine mick jagger's waist <laughs> then by all means do that but i'm not going to join you yeah, all right well i i'm just you know Going from memory here. I see. I see. Operating from memory. All right. So we'll get into what uh, Brett McMurphy's survey had to say coming up next. Also, Gordon's column. We'll get into uh, probably around the top three o'clock hour. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go Ooh, turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your Wednesday. Band of the day today, Elton John, selected by me and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. This was on uh, Don't Shoot Me, I'm Just the Piano Player, Gordon. Well, it's a beautiful song, that's for sure. And uh, as I mean, he has so many great hits. I was so glad to be able to see him finally in concert. Uh, Jake, I think you went to that one too, didn't you? I did when it was here. Yeah, at the arena. And uh, yeah, it was. His voice sounds different now, uh, which I guess is is understandable. But still, I mean, still a terrific showman. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was. Uh, I, it was a great show. I've seen him three times, actually. I'm uh, fortunate enough. And now that he's not touring, I certainly feel uh, even more fortunate. So anyway, Elton John today, Gordon. Uh, Brett McMurphy, we talked about his uh, survey of athletic directors, I think it was a week ago, Gordon, or, or two weeks ago, maybe, that uh, in relation to the, the COVID, uh, COVID-19. He uh, has released further results from an AD survey, but this has more to do with postseason in college football, which, of course, is always a hot topic, uh, especially around here, which, of course, was the epicenter, Gordon, as as you well know, of anti-BCS sentiment. Yes, no doubt about that. You and I have had 
We've uh, we've danced to that song a number of times. It, it, it's fascinating to me because it, it, it shifts. It always shifts just a little. And there's always more to talk about. Yep. Now, this is a, a survey of athletic directors. So, you know, their opinion doesn't really matter. They don't really decide what the, the postseason of college football is going to be. Um, that's left up to the uh, what, whatever that committee is, Gordon, the college football playoff committee, headed by Bill Hancock, who's the same guy that ran the BCS. Uh, but anyway, they decide uh, what's going to happen. But here's how athletic directors feel, Gordon. So the current contract for the playoff format expires in 2026. So here's the preferred playoff format amongst the athletic directors, all right? Okay. So a total of 88% uh, prefer a change uh, of some sort. And here's how that breaks down. 72% of athletic directors want an 18 playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12% want to remain at four. 8% want uh, 16 teams. Uh, let's see, 5% want six teams and 3% want something else. I don't know what mm-hmm. that would possibly be, but obviously, Gordon, the vast majority wanting uh, eight teams is is very interesting. If you break down just the Power Five ADs, sixty nine percent want eight teams, and non Power Five ADs, seventy five percent want eight teams. So, uh, you know, in favor of expansion, certainly with the athletic director. Man, rarely do you get that kind of vast majority, and so it's just a matter of time. Why not do it quicker rather than later? You know, I mean, it just seems like it makes so much sense. And with so much agreement on it, get it done. You know, why wait? Does that mean that you and I, well, I don't know how you feel on this now because we've we've been evolving over time. But I I guess I'm a progressive because when, when I see something that makes sense, I wanna, I wanted to see it uh, uh, deployed and employed ASAP. ASAP, and in this case, this has been uh, rumbling around for a number of years now. Why wait? Why wait till two thousand twenty-six? Well, they have to because that's the the current TV contract, so they can't do well, anything. Yeah, but before you, then. don't you think that could be renegotiated? Um. Um, I don't know is the answer to that. But all the reporting on this for going back for years, I mean, nobody has talked about doing it before this current contract ends. So I don't I don't know if that's possible or not, but I certainly okay. haven't seen much momentum for that. It's kind of the, the everybody's kind of marked that as the the time to change. But I don't know. In answer to your question, Gordon, I don't maybe I should check with my family lawyer on uh, on that. But uh, I'm not sure. Um, now, this is something I know is important to you. If an 18 playoff is adopted, who should qualify? All right. Oh, I, I got that nailed. Yeah, you, I know. I know. You've got a, you've got a good opinion on this. Uh, 66% uh, want P5 champs, two uh-huh. at large, and the top group of five team. 66%. Okay. Yeah. 14% want power five champs, top three at large. Mm-hmm. Eight percent want top eight teams. Period. End of story. And twelve percent want other. And I would. I have no idea what that other would possibly be. But again, I think the majority is right. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I guess I could listen to arguments for the top three, but I, I like the idea of having the top two and the top group of five. That, that just seems, whether it's completely just or not, 
for in some years you might have a team that is probably better than anybody from the group of five who might qualify. But I like the inclusivity of, of letting one in from the group of five. Because, and this is the thing, this is why this is so necessary, Jake, is because college football is so fractured to begin with. It's regionalized in a lot of cases, and that's why I like having a champion from every every Power Five conference, because even though the records might not be completely lined up, well, it gives you something to battle for within your league, and it gives you a spot in the thing. And I think the group of five... To, just, you know, even though even though I understand in studying what happened with the Utes when they went from the Mountain West to the Pac-12, that this whole idea of, of beating one or two good teams, really, really, really top-notch teams during the regular season and, and then getting by on an easy schedule in a subpar league somewhere, uh, that, that uh, really doesn't float my boat much anymore. Uh, but and I and I think the Utes have shown how difficult it is in a P five league to get to the top of the heap. Uh, so so I like rewarding all the P five champions because they've busted their humps against rivals, against opponents they see every year, and they've come out on top. But and then have the two at large and have a group of a group of five. That 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 seems perfect to me. Well, I don't know, nothing's perfect, but close there too. Would you agree? Ah, uh, perfect. No, I think all of these are, are far from perfect. I mean, I, I think you can you can make. Well, this is why I'm torn, Gordon, because I think you can make decent arguments uh, on all sides of this whole thing. Because well, the thing I liked about the BCS is it made all the regular season matter. Every single game mattered, and I I thought that there was a lot of value in that. So that's been diminished with the four team playoff somewhat, right? And it certainly would be diminished going to the the eight-team playoff. That's why I actually think just including the top eight teams, I actually think there's some value there because then you're getting the best of the best, at least as determined by this uh, particular committee. But that committee comes still comes down to evaluating things that may be impossible to evaluate. Correct, which has always been which has always been true. But here's where I'm divided, Gordon. I think part of what makes college football really awesome is the regional nature of college football. The regional rivalries, the fact that you can travel to away games, recruiting grounds. I mean, right down to who is actually playing. I think that's part of college football's charm. And I do believe in retaining the value of a conference champion. So uh, because I I want that to mean something, right? That should mean something something to these players to win the conference championship. So I'm torn. Yeah, I'm torn on all this. But if if you do it, the the guaranteed conference champs and the, the group of five, you're you're not guaranteed to get the best team, which is what I don't like about the NCAA tournament. Well, you're pretty close to getting it right because once you get to number eight, uh, I mean, come on, why not throw in the the best of the group of five? Well, I'll tell you this: I think they should get rid, and and this will be a sticking point, and probably will never happen. If they do that, they should get rid of conference title games. Oh, uh, and your reason for that? 
Well, one, because now we're just stacking all of these games on top of these players. And I, for one, believe in amateurism. You're, and, you're, adding, you're adding one more round. But think of how many games that a team who were was going to win it all. Because if you include conference championship games, that's, in a sense, another round of playoffs, if, if you think about it. It's another well, then what game. What are you going to do with all the divisions and stuff that are inside of conferences? Not my problem. Just take the best team well, in the conference. I, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with adding one more round for a very select few teams. I just don't think it's going to affect that many people. So that would be four extra games. That would be sixteen games. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's worth it. Do you? I think it's worth it. <laughs> worth it to to crown a legitimate champion. Well, now and, you're you're getting getting back to the conferences. What you said, you said what I said. That college football is regionalized and it's fractured. So sometimes, see, this is the problem with having conference champions left out because some. Let's say, uh, let's say you have a, a hot rivalry within within a league. Let's say USC UCLA. Nobody knows how difficult. That game. There will be times when SC might be playing the Bruins, and the Bruins, record-wise, might not be that great. But when you add in all the emotion that comes with it, that win becomes a whole lot more valuable and a whole lot more difficult. And that's hard to measure when you're just looking at it and going, ah, that conference ain't that good, so that champion really doesn't belong in there. And I think this way... You keep races alive throughout the season, so interest remains high amongst the best teams in the league, and then there's a big reward at the end that allows people to to, to, to be even more excited about what the possibilities might yeah, be. But you also- Instead of this whole idea of, oh, well, will they be judged good enough or will they not? Oh, what if the committee? That's all a bunch of BS, and I know some people love that stuff. I don't. I don't. I, I, I say, man, make those lines clear and then allow those people who qualify to get the freak in. And then they don't have to worry about what some committee is going to vote on or come up with or what kind of biases might be involved in that. I understand it is involved still with the two at large teams. But, well, but hold on, though, real quick, before we get too far ahead of the game, it, it, the reason that I don't want conference championships game scored and the ultimate reason uh, on top of the the additional game for these guys the the ultimate reason is you get these fluky upsets in conference championship games and then you don't get the best playoff you could possibly have you know i think that's going to be more a rarity because the best team usually does win. But, but we've seen it before. We've seen it with well, the BCS, I, I and it was a problem nearly every year. I know. But, Jake, your alternative is to have teams in some of these bigger conferences who don't play each other during the regular season, and you can't determine between two divisions. Let's say you finish first at the top of your division, but your record, you don't get a chance to play for the title because because the guys on the other side have maybe one more win than you do. But you and do you, get a chance even, to play for the title. You, you win your games. I mean, now we're well, talking yeah, yeah, about but how you, don't, you can't play everybody in conference. So if there's too many teams. But so you're, you if you go that. undefeated through your teams, you're going to win your league. You go yeah, nine and zero. If you go nine and zero in the Pac-12, you're winning the league, Gordon. Yeah, but you're not going to do. I mean, how many teams are going to do that? Not very many. But you don't have a complaint if you lose. 
Just because you have a loss shouldn't shouldn't necessarily, uh, you know, but that's preclude what's great about you from having football. the opportunity. It's, Jake, that's what's it's some, great it's about it. It's something to fight for. See, the whole thing is uneven from the get-go because everybody has different levels of strength within their conferences, within their regions, and it's impossible to measure that accurately. That's why I think a champion from each league should get in and that people should be very excited about that because then you have all kinds of things to root for. Four, three. You still got to be a champion to qualify. You still got to have that kind of uh, that kind of resume. You still have to be re- relative to your region. You have to be outstanding. You might not be the best, but I, I think that then you bring them all together because there's no other way to bring these teams together. And if you only have four teams, then that's not enough. And my, you don't have to have 16. I get that. I mean, that's that's like the the uh, the uh, FCS level. I'm I mean, not it, arguing it, against eight. I'm saying eliminate the conference championship game. Eight's fine, I guess. I mean, they yeah, already yeah, watered how, it down. Let's you do, not make it worse. Well, look at look at the Big Ten. If you have if you have two divisions that are substantial in size, that each team can't play each member of the conference. Now it gets real greasy as to who, determining a champion for that conference. Okay, so my my sympathy for that is way outweighed by the fact that I don't want to see a seven and five UCLA team somehow represent the Pac twelve because the South had a down year. Yeah, I, I think that because that should, should that should rank somewhere low on the list because I don't think a seven and five UCLA team is going to be the, a stellar team. It from happened the North. a lot in the BCS era. Trust a me, lot? Virginia Tech was the benefit of it a couple of times. It happens sometimes, but that's so, so what? It's oh, okay. so what? I mean, and then we're getting down to a Ute fans still gripe to this day, and I don't blame them that they had to play a Pitt team in the Fiesta Bowl because Pitt happened to win the Big East, which was terrible that year and at that point. You know, those things. But that's not like, a problem anymore. Why should Pitt anymore? be in the Fiesta but, Bowl? That's ridiculous. And it okay, would be a problem. That's not a problem anymore because now you've still got steps ahead of you to eliminate those that are unworthy. Hmm. Well, a conference title game is a waste of time in this scenario. In an well, I just don't know. Playoff, I don't know how else you can do it, though, Jake, because the conferences are too big. They're yep. too large. Who has so, the best record in the conference? Uh, yeah, but you, the, the schedules themselves can't be balanced completely. And the Jazz not, play the Lakers more than they do other teams in the Eastern Conference. We don't cry about this in the NBA. Yeah, but the NBA has uh, eight teams from each conference that qualify for the playoffs. Well, they can't do that in college football. I know. And that's why you can't. That, that's why it's. And I'm not a big fan. You know how I feel about conference uh, basketball tournaments. I'm not a big fan of that. I see those as just money makers. I, I don't see that as necessarily. Uh, oh, I don't see that as necessary. But in basketball, you can play everybody in your conference without a problem. In football, you can't. And so there has to be some sort of way to determine whether the champion from the South is as strong as the champion from the North. And what better way to do it than play on a field? How about just get rid of divisions? Uh, But then you can't play everybody still. You still can't play everybody, but at least then it's at random. Well, I think it's a little more definitive to have the best from each side play Why? each other. Because that, then you prove it on the field who's the best. 
You're still I mean, I understand. I understand it's a one and it's a one and done kind of situation, but at least it's some evidence. It's some evidence of who's better as opposed to just guessing we still because have everybody evidence. didn't everybody didn't play the same schedule. No, the 9 and 0 team wins the conference. The 8 and 1 team takes second. That's pretty definitive. How often does a team go undefeated in conference? It, but you have nobody. And, to... and what happens? What what happens if if uh, let's say Utah is fighting for that top spot, but the teams that they end up having to play from the south in a given year are much tougher than the teams from the north, and so the team from the north it ends up going undefeated. Well, yeah, but they didn't have to play a really really good USC team, or they didn't have to play a really really good Arizona State team. That, so that happens now in division races. I know, and, but and, at and least you can, you can level hard. it. At least you can level it a little bit oh. by having those two sides meet in a in a, a conference championship game. Oh, but this team had to play USC on the road, so it's not in a vacuum. It's never going to be in a vacuum. It's never. I know. That's no, why you so need just, more evidence, uh, and, the, and the evidence that is provided game. is in the championship game. Because they yeah. arbitrarily drew a line and made a division? Oh, Jake. You oh, can, if, you want, if, you want, if you want to use the arbitrary argument, you can, you can make that arbitrary for any you know, the membership of every conference in the country. Exactly. So you're never going to get this right. So you might as well get the best team you possibly can into the playoff. I think you get it more right by having more evidence. No, because all we're going to see are these seven and eight win teams that once in a while fluke their way out because they have to play an once, extra game. Once, once, oh. in a big while. And those teams are going to be eliminated quickly exactly. in, the, uh, in the postseason. And if they are, then there's no problem because they're gone now. But maybe, the, the, maybe ultimately uh, the best team, you want the best team, yes. well, the best team is going to prove itself on the field. But what happens if the national champion had, had like a, a – an inferior record to some team that got beat in the first round. Oh, that is so unjust. That's what you're saying. It makes it's ridiculous. There have always been more important games and less important games in every sport on every schedule. And this it creates an opportunity to have a more important game and to have guys rise to the occasion in order to be champions. How's that glue smell, Gordon? I'm telling you, you throw this out to our listeners and let's see who they agree with, you or me. All right. want to remind you about our friends at RGS Exteriors. They will improve the curb appeal for your house with James Hardy Brickstone and Stucco Exteriors, along with Soffit Fascia and Rain Gutters. Check them out at RGSUtahSiding.com. Hey, Jake, Jake, what kind of glue was Austin using on his hands? Austin, you were were you using glue on your yeah, hand when I had that allergic reaction? Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. What what was the brand there? Uh, Dollar Store uh, General that's or whatever. Gordon's it was, yeah. brand. Did you uh, did you get that all straightened out? Uh, yeah, it's it's cleared up thanks to some uh, some good lotion that I got from one of our uh, good friends and listeners. Yeah. So have you avoided the glue from here on out? Yeah, I've given up my glue addiction. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, We're we all, all proud. We always only, name all, brand glue only from now on. We, we always referred to Austin around the station as the glue guy, right? Exactly. All right. We'll have more next. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon will have plenty of time to uh, get into this uh, throughout the show. Uh, just teasing our friend Trevor Riley is going to join the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on uh, what's going on with the with the world of sports and everything else. Uh, looking forward to talking to Trevor. It's been a minute, it feels like, uh, since we've talked to Trevor. Uh, David Locke will join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. We've got a fun bit, uh, not bit really, but segment we're launching with uh, Mountain America, our good friends, title sponsor of the big show at 3.50. So make sure and stay tuned for that. We're excited about something we're going to do. Uh, going forward here on the big show. So make sure and stay tuned. We've got another partner profile coming your way at 450. But Gordon, um, and, and and kind of, oh, we've got a not sports for Excuse me. I'm still getting used to, uh, I'm sorry, Gordon. I'm still getting used to our new schedule. Uh, right here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's get into the Not Sports Board. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. We'll get into Gordon's column coming up next. I was just going to have him set the scene, but how could I forget the Not Sports Report, the, the best <clears throat> segment on radio? Are you waiting for me? Yes, I'm, I, I, I apologize, yes. Yeah, that, that may have been, you know, Jake, you're usually uh, Mr. Smooth. That was not. That that was about as jumbled an intro as I think you've well, ever done. Well, I'll, I'll take this one, Jake, because I you did not hear the rejoin in your ear. No, no, I did not. And and honestly, I've been told the number of times we're moving not sports to two fifty, and I still had it in my brain at three fifty. So I was going to have you set up your column because we're going to get into that coming up next, and it just you know. And it Austin, used to be 450. Then Austin goes, uh, yeah, that's right. And it used to be 450. See, I'm just a mess. And then Austin goes into my ear like, we've got an odd sports board ready to go. And it's like, well, let's just go ahead and U-turn. And uh, back to you there, Gordon. Back to you guys. <laughs> so this isn't a permanent change, is it? Uh, sure. Why not? Well, wait, wait a minute. I think this was just today. Well, we've got the partner profiles we're doing temporarily at 450. Uh, every day? Uh, most days when we have them, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, okay. Well, let me go ahead and give you today's. See, we're version. just a mess. we could just cut it out. We're <laughs> just hammering this all out on the air. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out at some later juncture, but we'll get it straight. All right, uh, Jake. Have you ever uh, sideswiped anybody in your car? Oh yeah. Oh, you did. You have. What happened? Uh, let's see. Well, Gordon. My my old car, the old Sonata, rested yes. soul. Don't you remember? It had a big yes. scratch on it for like yeah. the entire time that I not not scratch like <laughs> like rusted out like obviously a scar sw- sideswiped <laughs> door panel. I mean, I didn't. And uh, how I didn't, did that happen? I just I took a turn a little too wide, man. And in a parking lot and sideswiped. Yeah, it happened. Okay, uh, what did you do? Uh, left a note for the person, and they called me and. You didn't just stomp on the accelerator and leave the no, scene. No, 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 no. I've I like I've backed into a car before. That happened a couple of years ago. I uh, left a note then. I mean, it, it, there are certain things that just decent human beings do. And the fact that yes. I made a mistake driving is obviously on me. That person shouldn't have to pay for it. Yeah, I'm gonna good on you. I'm gonna that's pass. A, that's the, the appropriate thing to do. Now, Austin, have you ever sideswiped anybody? I've never sideswiped another car. I have sideswiped my own car, like around a pole in a drive-thru. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just cut it. I, I lost the old side-view mirror on a garbage can once. I just did that on my garage not seven days ago. That happens. On your garage? On the side of your garage? Yeah, as I was backing out of the garage. Yeah. Oof. 
All right. Well, let me tell you about uh, Benjamin Chin. I don't know if you've seen this video online, but he was in New York. He was in Hell's Kitchen. And he was uh, zipping around, uh, going real fast in his car. And he made a few mistakes. The problem is he he bumped into one car. Uh, He did more than bump. He slammed into one car. And then uh, instead of stopping and leaving a note like you did, Jake, he stomped on the accelerator and buzzed way on down the street going super fast in a very crowded traffic area and uh, slammed into three more parked cars. Mm. Turned out that he was uh, allegedly high on unspecified drugs and he was driving a plus one million dollar sports car a very rare car i've never even heard of this car it's a 2014 jimbala mirage gt but uh, car experts say it's worth over a million dollars and he trashed the living daylights out of it i mean he treated it like a uh, like he was at the bumper car ride uh, in a, a carnival somewhere and you think Just, this guy should be clapped in irons obviously you, well, you mean, sound really offended by this. I, it's a shame to have a car like that absolutely destroyed. Apparently, this guy's a collector. He's got a lot of nice cars, but this is the nicest of his cars. And they asked a, a car collector expert at a dealership there in Manhattan. Uh, they asked him, and he said, quote, it's a great car. It's a very rare car. Anybody who has an auto enthusiast bone in their body would feel bad about what happened to that car. Um, and he said it was worth over well over a million bucks. But, Jake, what a waste. What a waste of a beautiful car, not to mention the cars that were wrecked by this guy slamming into it. You should see this video. It's unbel- It's a beautiful blue sports car. Man, it just looks so nice. The it, kind it, of car you drive has nothing to do with vanity. <laughs> can I can I make a, a little observation here? And, and sure. Austin, feel feel free to to confirm or deny this this observation. But I think it's a Porsche. It's a it's a brand. It's a, it's a some sort of. It's it's pronounced Porsche. But um, here's here's my observation here, Gordon. Is that of all the stories you've done over the years for the Not Sports Report? I mean, there's been a lot of death in there. Right. I mean, there's been a lot of, of people dying, animal die, animals dying. Uh, I mean, it's there's been a lot of death in the not sports port. We can all agree. Right. And, and usually it's met with just that response. There's there's some laughter where we all feel uncomfortable that you're laughing about about something or someone dying. And and that's kind of the charm of the segment, I suppose. But then enter today and we talk about somebody wrecking a really nice car and you sound like you're going to a funeral. <laughs> That's a really good point, Jake. You, you do. That sounded like you, you read that story like it was a eulogy. Usually, the not sports is, hey, only four people died today. But, uh, and today, it's a million-dollar car. A blue sports car named Snuggles. Met its end today. <laughs> Guys, this is no laughing matter. This is very serious. If we could have a moment of silence, please. I'm telling you, he is zipping down the road, going super fast, and he slams into a white van, a white minivan. 
and and, and we know how Gordon it. feels about vans. They should not knock, be allowed on the knocks, road. He knocks that about fifty yards, and then he stops for a second, and his his hood goes flying in the wind like a sail, and then he goes zipping off again, and then slams into a bunch of other cars. What a wow! It's hard to watch. I mean, look, I know human life is by far the most important thing, so I'm not buying what you're throwing at me here. Because it sounds I'm, like you are. No. No. Wow, what a beautiful car. Oh, my gosh. Can we have a moment of silence? <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We're getting into Gordon's column coming up next. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone.